when I was, I think, five, my mom put me in um, ballet classes. And I wanted to be a ballerina so bad. I wanted to be a princess. I wanted to be so beautiful and graceful. But unfortunately, I was given um, my dad's body type and (laughs) lack of flexibility. And I wanted so badly to be this beautiful, thin, graceful dancer. And from the moment I set out on stage, I was absolutely horrible. (laughs) Welcome to Persister with Candice Lowry. I am Candice Lowry. What is a persister? A persister is a little play on words of nevertheless she persisted, but also a woman who has truly broken through that glass ceiling and has really forged a path and a name for herself in whatever business she's in. You can listen to Persister on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Persister. I am Candace Lowry, and I am here today to talk to you about failure. And I figured I should do this by myself because uh, I'm responsible for a lot of my failures. <laughs> um, but I think that failure is something that is extremely important for moving up and for growth. And oftentimes, I think, especially with us girls, there is this imposter syndrome. And I feel like it's this buzzword that honestly, I kind of am just ready to go away, which is just like imposter syndrome. We all have it, blah, blah, blah. But When Especially in this world of social media, you look at all these successful girls, you look at all these successful women, and you kind of have this feeling of that they are so perfect. You are not ever going to be like them. Um, You don't know why you're getting the success you're getting. It's this feeling of like, I'm going to be exposed as a fraud, kind of, and that I'm just here out of pure luck. I am not nearly as talented as these other women. And I totally get that. And then we get this sense of we are so afraid of failure and so afraid that we might mess up, mostly because there's this pressure to post all the good on social media, but also that sometimes when you're extremely driven and you want to be successful so badly failure is honestly like the deepest cut possible and I totally understand this and I have a problem where I say yes to everything just because I'm afraid I might miss out on something Um, and it's less so that I'm scared I'm going to fail at it but I see my failure as not participating in it and I think that it has changed over the years especially with all of the things that I have failed at. Um, and that's what I, I really want to talk about today is the amount of failure I've had in my life. And sometimes people will tell me, oh my God, I, how did you get here? Like you have had to have taken such an amazing path. You seriously have just excelled at everything. And I promise you any person that has ever been successful will tell you that they massively 
failed on a huge scale multiple times. And being only 26, I have failed at a lot of things. And it's less so, I don't like to think of it as failing necessarily, but it's more carving out what your purpose is in life. So let me just give you an example. When I was, I think, five, my mom put me in um, ballet classes and I wanted to be a ballerina so bad. I wanted to be a princess. I wanted to be so beautiful and graceful. But unfortunately, I was given um, my dad's body type and (laughs) lack of flexibility. And I wanted so badly to be this beautiful, thin, graceful dancer and from the moment I set out on stage I was absolutely horrible (laughs) and it was really bad and I remember to this day like my mom still says yeah we just knew based off of your first recitals that it just wasn't for you which is a nice way of saying you were really bad But from that, my mom and my dad noticed that I was able to ham it up, be really animated, be goofy. I was graceful by no means, but I had this crazy personality that eventually led me to improv and comedy and being an actor and getting into theater and really seeing that as my outlet. And if I didn't have that moment of... I. Maybe I didn't see it as embarrassing because I was such a little kid. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't care about what anyone thinks about you. But from that, without those moments of initial failure of being like, wow, she sucks, I wouldn't have gotten into theater, I would, which would have led to me auditioning, which would have led to um, really me being in YouTube and on social media And that was kind of, I guess, really the start of my career or the end of any potential dance career I had. Um, But, you know, I learned, definitely learned something from that. And then a little bit later down the line, there was a high school that was private and my brother went to the brother school of that and I applied to the sister school and it was called Ursuline and my brother went to Jesuit and I was so nervous it was a highly selective private high school and I had my interview I was about to have my interview and I decided to go hang out with my friends be a literal eighth grader and go hang out and have a pizza party And I ended up getting violently ill. Like, honestly, this was the sickest I've ever been in my life. And as a 14-year-old, my uh, initial reaction was, I'm not going to this interview. And I really, I wanted to get in so badly. My brother got into the brother school, so I had to get into this school. It was, to me, really my only option. And... My mom was like, you you physically cannot go into this interview right now. I don't care. We're going to call and see if we can get it moved. And you have to think, like, this is a 14-year-old kid. Maybe I was 13, who's already facing this 
severe amount of pressure to be perfect, to be the best, to really excel. And and in my mind, I was like, if I don't get into this school, there's no way I'm going to get into a great college. There's no way that I'm going to have a great career. The long line of alumni at Ursuline is, is too great to miss. And my mom called the um, admissions committee and asked, you know, my daughter's really, really sick. Is there any other makeup times you have for um, any applicants? And they told her that they will not um, aid in changing my um, interview time and that it will be marked as an absence and it would severely uh damaged my chances of getting in the school but that was on me and that was a very harsh reality and my first true taste of possible rejection and it was really at no fault of my own I decided to go be a kid I got really sick and I couldn't really control it and I ended up getting waitlisted and they wanted to they wanted to know if i would eventually you know say yes if i did possibly get in but the their second round of saying you know yes or no you got in you didn't was after i needed to say yes to another private school and i ended up getting into this newer private school that was coed and i really felt kind of like a reject where I was like, wow, I'm already not good enough for this school. What if this means that I'm not meant to go to a great school? And already I think looking at that, that's the wrong mindset. And that there are so many great, talented, so, so smart individuals that didn't go to a private high school, that didn't go to an Ivy League school, that are leaps and years beyond graduates from, you know, elite high schools. And that wasn't my mindset because I felt that it was really the best or nothing. But because I got rejected (laughs) from that high school, I ended up going to this new school and starting a whole new slew of traditions, being a founding partner of certain programs there, and really being able to have a platform where I could make my own path. And it wasn't stuck in this deep-rooted tradition, but I could form that tradition. And because of that, it made me realize that I loved being creative and being part of something that was so new and taking on the risk of building something from the ground up. Even though I was, you know, one of hundreds of students, it still was this mentality of, you know what? Hey, this is new. This is an opportunity to make my own legacy out of this school. And then it came time for college acceptances. And my dream my whole life was to go to USC and I thought that I was going to get into the film school. I had been founding all of these film programs and journalism programs at my high school and I was so ready and I just, there was this part of me when I was applying where I just 
It just didn't seem right, but I felt like it was a necessity that I needed to go to this school for the ra- for the name recognition to be successful and that this is just what you do. And I remember getting the tiny envelope from USC that said, you know, we're sorry you didn't get in. The average GPA was blah, blah, blah. Like that would make me feel better. But I do remember this kind of overwhelming feeling of relief that I knew that that was not the right path for me. I knew that I was not meant to go to a school like that. And when I got into Pepperdine, it felt right. And it was a smaller school. And if I didn't go there, I wouldn't have had the success at BuzzFeed. I wouldn't have had the success in film and entertainment. And I would have just gotten lost in the shuffle at somewhere like USC. And I faced rejection about the school that I wanted to get into. And it was kind of embarrassing. I didn't want to tell people that because to me, I was great. To me, I knew I had talent, but I thought if others saw that I didn't get in, they would see me as this massive failure. Um, And then when I was at Pepperdine and I was going abroad, I um, applied for this position to be basically like the documenter um, of our abroad class. And I remember I, (laughs) I wanted this job so badly so that I could get, you know, film experience on my resume. I wanted to get more into documentaries. And I knew that this was the position for me. I completely nailed the interview. I was like, this, I, there's no other person who would get this. Like I have this job locked and loaded. And then I saw on social media that this random dude got the position and I called the woman who um, was hiring for the position in um, admissions or whatever it was and I was like sobbing and it was the end of the world and I was like, why is this happening to me? Uh, This is going to set me up for my career, blah, blah, blah. And she said... I will never forget this because I have not ever done this again after this moment. She said, you didn't follow up. You didn't send a thank you email and a follow up email after our interview. And that was the only deciding factor between the two. And I just remember being sick to my stomach because it was such a stupid mistake and I wanted it so badly and I couldn't have it. And it was a moment where I had to look at this, talk to my parents, and they were like, look, now you know that when you want a position, you need to do everything you can to show it. You need to follow up. You have to show initiative. And that truly, I feel like, set the bar for me for future interviews And I would not have gotten some of the jobs I got without this learning experience. And I want to get a little more into that um, when we come back. 
Thank you everyone for listening. And I just wanted to remind you all to rate, review, and subscribe to Persister with me because it's very helpful in spreading the word and um, getting the show out there. So I just wanted to thank you all again for listening and let's get back into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am the loser right now in this story, Candace. <laughs> um, let's get back into it here. So that was a, a massive fail on my, my part. Aside, you know, we're talking about failures here. I've really failed some quizzes, some tests, had some awful breakups, but I want to get into these more of these moments that kind of shaped my life. Um, and going off of the moment where I didn't follow up. I was in the process of interviewing for an internship at Sony and I had tried to make as many connections as possible. And I was like, I'm working for a studio. I am interning for a studio and I didn't get the internship. And I said, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please let me know what else I can do in the meantime to you know, hire my chances next semester. I really hope this can work out. And I ended up getting an email like an hour later that said, you know what? We're going to make this work. You can come be an intern. And that was all because I sent a thank you and I followed up and I showed initiative and I wanted it. And that led me to eventually my job at BuzzFeed. Um, I really wanted a job at Fox. I was interning there and there was just no possibility. There, You have to go through this crazy route of being at an agency, being basically a slave to a Hollywood agent. And I didn't, I felt like my worth was more than that. And I didn't want to spend time um, getting coffee for people and basically being abused just so I could get a mailroom job. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to really make my own path here. <laughs> and I talked to my friends that I just graduated, I networked and I found my passion really with BuzzFeed and I had this really arduous interview process and I followed up day after day after day after day and I think I wore him down to the point where he was like, "Okay, fine. We're going to hire you." <laughs> um and I finally, you know, had that moment. But a couple years into BuzzFeed, I had a very, very big opportunity with Apple. And I remember they were recruiting me and they gave me, you know, this test to do after a couple of interviews where I had to write copy and do a social posting strategy. And then they were going to fly me out. And I was getting ready to be flown out to Northern California to interview for this job. This would have been a huge, huge position for me. And I remember submitting the test that they gave me and they're like, well, we kind of want a different voice. So I did the test again. And then I remember getting a call from the hiring manager and they were just like, you aren't right for this. And I was just devastated because I felt that I had basically ruined my chances with a huge tech company with being someone young at a huge, huge company with a lot of potential. 
and I kind of felt like my ego was burned. But I think it's really important that when you are experiencing success, you need to experience failure because you're not going to learn and you're going to keep getting a bigger and bigger head. And it's just going to become this thing where you feel like you're invincible and that you're incapable of failure. And without this moment and this kind of bruise to my ego, I wouldn't have been kind of brought back down to earth again and really, truly appreciate the opportunities that I had been given. But I think when you're a really driven person, um, you want to come off as someone really successful that's the best of the best, you know, that people want to be. But And I, I saw failure as weakness. But the more times that I have messed up, that I have failed, I can at least say, you know what, I've tried. I at least tried that, you know. And that was something really big that came out of being at BuzzFeed at the time that I was, was that failure was so encouraged. And there were some stupid ass videos and some really dumb posts that I made that I thought would just be the next big thing. And they ended up being just really bad, (laughs) bad failures. But I look back and I laugh at those now. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for the opportunities that I have had. And when, you know, I know some of you guys are going through this right now and having imposter syndrome is that it's not all luck that you got to where you are today. It is hard work. It's passion. There is a little bit of luck. I will say that there's a little bit of timing, but there's also a trust that you have to have that your path will naturally fall into place. And that's what I had to realize. You know, I was so devastated about Apple And then now I would have never guessed in a million years that I would be where I am at Microsoft today. And if you let failure really, really take advantage of your psyche, you're not going to want to succeed. You're not going to want to keep going. And so you have to accept these failures as just part of the growth process. And it's so much more important to say, well, at least I did it. I've tried, I've experienced it, and now I can move on to something new. And I think that, you know, I've done a lot of different things and I've tried a lot of different things, even this podcast. And if it doesn't work out, you know, at least I was there and I have that experience moving forward. And that's what employers want to see. They want to see your failures. They want to see where you've messed up and where you've tried and learned and, Even in my job today, it's more of the things that I messed up at that I'm really examining and using in um, all of my business moving forward to know, all right, this isn't right, so this must be correct. And you just have to kind of accept the bad in your life and know that there's good around the corner. And... It's so hard to do that. I understand, especially being a woman, there's the kind of this double pressure that you need to defy all these stereotypes. You need to 
be forging your own path and it takes time and I even look at myself and I think can I be in a bigger and better place can I be more successful than I am now I'm comparing myself to so many people but then I look at myself and I go okay I'm 26 I have a lot of time here and you guys do too and it is never too late to get started on a different passion, start a different path, and especially with media and being so exposed to other people and seeing other people's personal lives, it's really easy to feel like a failure in this world. But I promise you, you are not. And I will say that if you're not trying, if you're too afraid, that's that's failing. <laughs> I'm going to be blunt right there. You cannot be afraid. And every time you are, you just have to suck it up and say, you know what, I'm going to get a huge learning experience from this. And that's what I've had to tell myself. And, you know, my parents have taught me a few things. And that's, you know, you are most important right now, unless you have kids and a family. I feel like, you know, that's the excuse there. But you are the number one priority and it's okay to know that and it's okay to feel that way. And another thing is that you have to try and you can't be afraid of no. The worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. And then finally, you're responsible for your own path. And I think that there might be a few problems that come in the way, a few bullets you got to dodge, but ultimately you are responsible for your success and you're capable of doing it. And um, I just want to thank you guys for listening and know that, you know, every path has value, no matter how many likes or favorites you get. It's all so important. And um, yeah. I really hope that you guys liked this episode. Um, We are all works in progress. Even if you're 105, you're still a work in progress. (laughs) But um, thank you guys so much for listening. And um, hopefully I'll see you soon. All right. Bye.